Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. We've got another great episode for you this month by award-winning Marcher Lord Press author Steve Raza. Steve Raza was born and raised in South Jersey and fell in love with books, especially science fiction novels and historical volumes, at an early age. He and his wife Carrie have two boys and live in Buffalo, Wyoming. He has worked as a writer, a reporter, an editor, and a librarian in that order. His first novel, The Word Reclaimed, was published in 2009 and followed shortly by its sequel, The Word Unleashed, in 2010. His third novel, Broken Sight, was published in 2011. The Word Reclaimed was a finalist for the 2010 ACFW Carroll Award, Speculative, and Steve's short story, Rescued, a precursor to Broken Sight, won the 2009 G.K. Chesterton Award in the Athanatos Christian Ministries Writing Contest. And today's story, In the Bag, came in first place in a contest hosted by the Colorado branch of the American Christian Fiction Writers. The story takes place in the world of his most recent novel, Crosswind. You can find his works over at www.steveraza.com. That's R-Z-A-S-A. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Raza. You can also find his page over at marcherlordpress.com, as well as his author page over on amazon.com. Just head over to the show notes for the direct links. So now, The Untold Podcast is proud to present In the Bag by Steve Raza. I ain't done a blame thing wrong. Not by my accountant, anyway. That's what I keep telling myself as I urge my brancher on through the woods. Trud, he's a fine mount, with chestnut hide mane black as the sky above and twin horns all pearly white. Seven foot tall and ornery to boot. He's got two huge legs that come up to my chest when I'm standing beside him. Except right now they pound the ground as we race between lodgepole pines. The shouts ain't far behind. The messenger pack slaps against my back. My hand traps it, shoves it back. When I signed up to carry for sawtooth parcel and letters, there weren't a soul who told me I'd be shot at for riding post. The bullet holes letting air through my jacket told otherwise. It ain't like the parcel is illegal. A droning sound jerks my chin up. A biplane silhouette flits above the treetops. I'm wishing I'd taken flying lessons. edge of the field. The moons are bright, the big one tannish, the little companion a dusty orange. Stars all aglitter, and a heap of mastodons spread out across the grass. There's no stopping even for those dark shaggy lumps. I'll just have to keep an eye out for their tusks. Halfway across, gunfire rings out. Those blamed fools don't care one whit if they stampede the herd. Mastodons all around trumpet their alarm. Trud snorts but keeps right on running. Good boy. Last thing I need is for him to panic and take a poke at a mastodon's rump with those four limb claws. Ranch hens will be mad enough as it is. 
bullet whizzes by like an angry bee. Tarnation! I limber my thundercloud rattler lever gun. Nine bullets loaded. I hazard a look over my shoulder. Yep, still six of them. Faces hidden by kerchiefs, long coats flapping behind them. Their branches ain't as fast as mine, but we can't do this all night. The river's ahead. Trud don't hesitate a mite as he splashes into the water. Cold as ice it is, but what do you expect from middle spring? My breath fogs out of my trap. We slow up. Trud missteps. Slips sideways. He groans, but don't reckon I'm about to let go of the reins. Get along there, fella. Throwing a prayer to Thel for good measure. <laughs> as if I ain't been a praying the whole way. He finally writes himself and presses on. We're near the other bank when them yahoos start blasting away again. The gunfire cuts off abruptly, and they're shouting. Sounds like arguing. Good a time as any. I let fly a trio of shots their way. Not that I'm keen on killing. Seriously doubt I hit anything as little practice as I have with my iron. A whistle hoots in the distance, loud and high-pitched. The grin cracks across my face. Right on schedule. I spur Trud up the embankment. Bullets rip dirt and grass, tossing clumps. Keep them off my back, all father. The tracks ain't that far along. They stretch parallel to the embankment for a good couple of miles. Here it comes, barreling down the rails with its lamp cutting through the dark and dragging its own cloud behind the funnel. It's the 920 from Trestleway North to Purley's Bend. Nothing like a locomotive to give you a 30-mile-long leg up on your pursuers. Getting aboard is the trick. Trud kicks up dirt and gallops along the embankment. The engine rushes by, all steam and smoke and wind. The ground shakes even more. Come on, boy. You can do it. My sweat and his mingle into a stink that, well, just stinks. The cold tender goes by, followed by a passenger car. I avoid the lights glowing from inside and look behind. There's another passenger car, a box car, and two flatbeds, unloaded. Our pursuers sure are ornery. They burst on the embankment like guns ablazing. I empty the last of my bullets in a wild fusillade. Mercifully, no man or brancher goes tumbling. I don't count the bloodshed, but I ain't about to let no man ventilate me if I can dissuade him of such inclinations. The second passenger car rumbles by. Yeah! My shout and Trud's bellow propel us into the gap between earth and iron. There's nary a whisper, save for the engine for a moment. Then we crash down on the flatbed. Trud skids and moans as I wretch my arm, pulling his reins. His hooves scrape at the edge of the flatbed, with gravel and steel racing by a few feet below us. Made it. Those boys are long gone. Ain't no way for them to catch up to me. The door to the passenger car flies open. Light spills out, leaving after images like blobs before my eyes. I must be a frightful sight to the conductor. Blonde beard, as dirty as it feels, eyes hazel and wide from being all keyed up, and the SPL blue coat with silver piping coated in dust. Boy, you've got some gumption pulling a stunt like that. He shakes his head. The droopy mustache over his lip wriggles to mirror his impatience. What are you fixing to do? I brush off my coat as good as can be. Good thing I didn't lose my cap in that ruckus. I tip it. 
Laherty's push, sawtooth parcels and letters. I've post to deliver, sir, and I'd be much obliged if you'd keep me aboard all the way to Pearly's band. And what in the fires of Avernus is them fellers so keen on killing you for? It's still there, tucked safe in my pouch. I dig past the letters and bigger envelopes for the pamphlet. It ain't long, mine, just a few pages, but it's the words that count. Mama says the writ of Ifan does its talking all its own. Missive from Vaughn Markwater to the Exalter Chapel at Perch, I say. My voice catches. Praise be to the Exalt Son. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. What would you risk your life for? Friends? Family? Country? Those all make sense. But letters? Not many of us would prioritize the mail ahead of our lives. And I don't think Laertes Push did either. Except for one letter. One document. One pamphlet that wasn't very long, but contained words that possessed not just information, but transformation to their listeners. Men were willing to kill because of the power of these words, and Laertes Push almost died trying to preserve them. Good men and women have died in our world preserving our holy writ. It certainly puts into perspective not only the importance, but the power of the scriptures. Great stuff. And if you like today's story, you definitely need to pick up Roz's book, Crosswind, to further explore this world and get yourself ready for Sandstorm, the sequel to Crosswind, coming out in August. Be sure to check our show's new Twitter feed at Untold Podcast and Facebook page over at facebook.com backslash untoldpodcast. And if you like the show, please blog about it, share it on social media, listen to it with a friend, or make a donation to the church I serve at via PayPal. Or you could always submit a story of your own. So until next time, I leave you with my favorite line from the story. I don't cotton to bloodshed, but I ain't about to let no man ventilate me if I can dissuade him of such inclinations. (laughs) 